Welcome to On Our Way, a podcast for those wanting ambitious faith, a place for those needing a little pep talk, for those wanting to know they aren't alone in the daily battles and triumphs, and a place to know all of it comes directly from God. He sees you, He loves you, and He is all about being with you every step of the way. What will He teach you today? Let's find out. We are back with our third episode already. I'm so fired up about this today because I know, I know that I know that I know, I know you guys know this, that I'm in like an all knower, right? When the Holy Spirit's talking to me, I'm like, I know that I know that I know. But today, I know that somebody listening to this needs to hear this message today. It is somebody who is listening today that needs to hear this. So God has been putting this particular story on my heart for weeks now. And I keep saying to him, you know, yeah, 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 I'm going to look into it. Yeah, 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 I'm going to get to that story. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to look. And finally, he was like, girl, read this story. So so I don't know who listening to this right now needs this particular example or this reference, but I'm really, really excited to find out. And if it is you, please send this to me on Instagram. You guys know that I love to just really hear those stories. So how was your week, friends? How was your Valentine's Day? I just absolutely love the day of love. And honestly, I used to put so much effort into this day before I had kids. Oh my gosh, my husband and I, oh my gosh, I would do like the candy bar, the candy boards. You guys know what I'm talking about? The ones where you would say, you know, for example, you make me snicker and you'd put a little Snickers bar or sometimes I'm an airhead, but you're my lifesaver. And you would like glue all the candy to the board. Please, you guys, please do not tell me that I was the only one who did that. Oh my gosh. I used to order like these really decadent chocolate covered strawberries for my husband and kind of just went all out. And now that we have kids, we're like, eh, happy Valentine's Day as we're like running out of the door at 6 a.m. because we forgot to get Valentine's stuff to celebrate. And it's just this big crazy day but all in all serious you guys i love valentine's day because at number one my husband's amazing at it even still to this day number two i love seeing my kids just seeing holidays through their eyes is something that you can't really you can't really explain until it happens to you but just seeing all of that excitement through them and in their faces it is seriously the best thing but like i said my husband he does a great job at showing the love and making all of us feel extra special on this day um actually had an appointment on valentine's day this year so i couldn't pick up my kids from school which i hate but he he stepped up and he he got to actually go sit with them at their valentine's day parties um, and so they were really, really excited to have him there. So I just, I love seeing dads be good dads, right? Like that's just, it's so cool to me. So it's going to tie into a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. And today I'm going to talk about Judah. And, um, like I said, God has been really putting Judah on my heart for the past couple of weeks. So before we jump into this story, I want you guys to understand a little bit more about him. So the Bible takes this kind of this brief detour in Genesis to talk about Judah's life. But I think we have to know a little bit about where he actually comes from. So he was actually one of the sons of Jacob, who we've talked about before. And he came from this really powerful line of kings. And he he becomes this example of repentance and redemption. Okay. So his name in Hebrew, it actually means Thanksgiving or praise, which is super fitting because although, you know, he, he was the son of Jacob, his mom, his mom was named Leah. 
And you guys, sometimes when I'm reading the Bible and there's all these names being thrown at me, especially like not common day names, it takes me a second to digest who these people are. So hang with me here. So, so he was the son of Jacob and his mom's name was Leah. So this was actually Jacob's first wife, but it was not the woman who Jacob was actually in love with. And y'all, this is a whole different story, but basically in a nutshell, Jacob wanted to marry Leah's younger sister, Rachel, but their father kind of tricked him into marrying Leah first. And it's just this kind of this wild thing, but it's also kind of cool because in Genesis 29, 31, it says, you know, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. So Jacob like loved Leah. He was like, you know, I'm just, I was kind of tricked into this. You're not the love of my life. I'm going to have kids with you, but it's just, you, you're not, you're not the love of my life. Right. So God saw that he saw that he didn't like her much. He opened up her womb. And so Leah started having babies and sister was having babies, right? So she had Reuben, then she had Simeon, Levi, and then finally Judah, and even had two more sons after that. And then one daughter after that, um, as well. So, so Judah really had, he had six half brothers from Rachel, and then he had two from handmaidens. Like y'all, Jacob was a busy man, right? He was a busy man having all these babies. So, so here's Judah. He was the fourth son and thinking about Hebrew tradition, he wasn't really in line to receive anything special, right? When it came to the family line, he wasn't like the firstborn son. Um, he just didn't have that connection to his dad, Jacob, like maybe the first couple of children did. So what happened was he started getting really super jealous. He started getting really bitter and thought everything was really, really unfair all the time. But it wasn't just him, right? Like it was this whole sibling thing. And I want to stop for a second and talk about this because we've all been there, right? Someone, someone, uh, someone gets something you want. Someone has a relationship you want. Someone has a house that you want. Or maybe someone is having eight babies and you can't even have one baby. And you're getting so jealous and so frustrated and so bitter. And you start asking all these why me questions, right? You're thinking that, life is really, really unfair. You've been there. I've been there. And we know what happens when we start to let that into our hearts, right? We become mad and angry and we, we are shut off and we're closed in and we hate people more and we treat people unfairly. And maybe we're really aggressive or maybe we actually just shut ourselves off and we don't speak to anyone at all, right? We kind of just shut off that light that sits inside of us. We're sitting in this darkness. And is that where is that where God intended you to be? No, absolutely not. And we just spoke about in a previous episode how God wants us to be the epitome of love and kindness and to treat people fairly. So why do we let this happen? And you guys, our minds, oh my gosh, our minds are our biggest asset when it comes to really fighting this spiritual warfare. And friends, I know that you're a believer because you're listening to this podcast right now. So how do you think the enemy attacks us, right? It's not, it's not usually physical, although sometimes it can be, but, but he attacks our minds, right? He tells us that 
we can't have what that other person does that you'll never have that baby because you know she's over here having eight, having eight babies but that's not you that's not for you you were never made to be a mother that you will never be successful at that job that no matter how hard you try there's going to be somebody who's better at, than you and who who promotes quicklier than you and who makes more money than you or you know you should really hate that person because their view is so radically different from yours that they're gonna they're just actually hurting other people right you should hate that person but when we're able to grasp what is happening when we're able to understand that the enemy is trying to deter us and we're able to fight back mentally we we can be we can be in this godly headspace. Um, and that's like a whole different episode is of getting in that godly headspace. But I want to jump back into Judah, you guys, but really, really start digesting this and thinking about your mindset um, in in the, the coming words. So, so here he is. Um, here's Ju Judah. He's super bitter. He's angry. He's thinking everyone is out, out to get him. But so are his brothers. And like I said, there was this kind of like this sibling rivalry thing happening. And it was so intense that they all kind of just started hating each other. And so his brother, Joseph, he actually ended up getting thrown into this pit from the brothers. They were all conspiring. Um, some historians say that Reuben, one of the brothers, he was actually left out of the mix. He actually tries to save him later. Um, but basically his brothers are out to get him. So they rip off his special robe. They hurl him into this pit where presumably he's going to die, right? Like it didn't have water. Um, and basically people were thrown into these pits and they would die of thirst. And what an awful way to go, first of all. But the crazy part after they threw him in, they all sat down and they ate bread, which, you know, back in this day, this was the symbol of bonding and unity. And they're sitting and they're eating this bread all while Joseph is in this pit crying out to them. They can hear him crying out and he's pleading. And y'all just imagine this, right? Like, doesn't it make you just want to just cry? I mean, we have so much empathy for Joseph in this pit thinking he, this is where he's going to die at the hands of his own blood, at the hands of his brother. So Judah then has this another awful idea. And he basically says, why don't we sell Joseph into slavery? Because he says this in Genesis 37, 25, what profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. So so here he is thinking, well, I don't really want to have his blood on my hands directly. So I'm going to sell him as a slave and let him die in slavery. And y'all, this story is so intense. And especially if you have siblings, right? I think about my own sisters and I could never in a million years want to wish them any kind of hurt or harm or any of these things. But here's the flip side of this. Even if you're listening to this and you haven't spoken to your siblings for years or a lifetime know that there is so much grace surrounding you and that God still wants to see you happy and wants to forgive you or them, right? Like it could be either of you for anything that you or they have done in the past. And I love that we serve such a forgiving God, such a grace-filled God um, in these moments. So why was Judah so bitter? Why did he have such a hardened heart? I think this kind of goes back to growing up, right? Judah was, he was constantly shown that rejection of his mother because his dad wasn't in love with her. He was, he was mean to her, right? Like he, he, he knew that this wasn't the love of his life, but he didn't just kind of tolerate her. He, he was mean to her. And so Judah grew up seeing this and 
he saw that rejection of his mother by his dad and he he started to get really callous towards his siblings because of it and it's moments like this that i wish there were therapy sessions back then because judah definitely had some things that he needed to work out to be a better person right like that's just the truth of life so now here's judah and he's just this cruel human he's just downright mean and he has a hard heart and he's just an awful person. So fast forward, Judah is now married to a Canaanite, which in that time, it, it wasn't the will of God because we all know by now that Judah, he wasn't really pursuing the godly life at this time. He was just doing whatever he pleased. And I love this next part because it shows us kind of like the softness and the empathy that a woman has and how she's really able to use um, her gifts and her talents and her softness to help people. So, so Judah had three sons from his marriage to this woman and it, it, it wasn't, he, he wasn't a great father. Okay, so his first son grew up, he married a woman, but his first son actually ended up being a lot like Judah and he was wicked in the eyes of God. So he was actually put to death he he died you guys and you can check that out in genesis 38 7 so so then judah the responsible dad he was told the widow that she could have a child with one of his other sons but the next in next in line son refused this can you imagine it you guys your dad telling you that since your husband died you can have a baby with his brother it's just one of those really crazy things to me that happens in the old testament and i i'd like to say that it gets weirder i don't know if weirder is the right word but kind of bear with me here and we'll talk about how a woman kind of changes everything so the second son he refuses and so he basically dies after that right so these bad things are happening to the, happening to these brothers so now judah he's a little nervous to tell his third son that he could have a baby with this woman and so he kept just putting it off over and over again and i told you guys it's weird so in this time it was custom that judah owed his son's wife a child and he was to protect her but he didn't really know what to do remember not father of the year and so he sent her to live with her father and so basically this woman was living with her father and his wife well the wife ended up dying and so she decided to do something so crazy and y'all if you think that the bible has no drama oh my gosh you need to dive into it because the old testament has so much drama it's wild those colleen hoover books that everybody's reading like this is this is like that so this girl who was the wife of judah's son she dressed up as a prostitute and seduced judah okay she seduced her husband's dad. This is just, again, so crazy. And guess what? She became pregnant with twins. And I mean, my gosh, you guys, is this a story? Okay, so what? Like mind-blowing, right? So afterwards, she took his cord and his staff and his signet, and um, she took these things for protection and kind of as a way to basically prove later who the father was. Now, obviously, we're just going to be traveling fast, and Judah heard that she was pregnant, so he demanded to know who the father was and all of these things. And so when she presented the things that she took, obviously, Judah was a little bit concerned. I'm sure the color, the color drained from his face, and he had like this out-of-body experience. So now, now he knows that he has to repent. Okay, so even the evil, wicked hard-hearted judah knows that he has to repent to god for this 
And so he basically acknowledges that he failed, he repents, but here's the really cool part of Judah's story. When he repents, his life starts to change. And this is where I was saying, you know, it takes sometimes the softness of a woman or, um, you know, the, the empathetic ways that a woman has. So this woman came and did this to, to Judah, but she also changed the course of his life through doing this. So his life is starting to change. He cares for the twins. His family is prospering. And it's like this amazing transformation and this wonderful rise to this leadership that Judah's going to have. And in Genesis 49.8, Jacob basically tells his son, and remember Jacob is Judah's dad, he says he's basically prophesying over all of his sons, saying what their futures are going to look like. And so he tells Judah, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Verse nine, you are the lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness. Who dares to rouse him? Verse 10, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he whom it all belongs shall come and the obedience of the nation shall be his. So, so why would Jacob grant him this blessing? Why is he like prophesying over Judah's life that he's going to be like the ruler of nations, right? God chose Judah to be the ancestor of Israel's line of kings. So why would Jacob grant him this blessing? Like, why would he prophesy over Judah like this? Well, God chose Judah to be the ancestor of Israel's line of kings, you guys. And what's so cool about this is that Judah's line, his bloodline would actually produce the promised Messiah. They, it would produce Jesus. And so really, really think about this. You know, we start with this evil, broken person who literally tries to kill his brother by throwing him into this pit. And then he thinks, eh, like, actually, let me just sell him into slavery so he can die there and I'm not going to have to see it. Again, it's just this cold-hearted thing. Then he marries this woman from whom God didn't approve. He has kids. Two of them pass. He ends up having babies with his son's wife, repents for his wickedness, and, and then he's blessed beyond measure and looked favorably upon by God. He's given nations and his specific bloodline produces our Messiah. You guys, I'm hooked on this story. I think it's so incredible. And it's really this true testimony to the fact that anyone can be saved from Jesus through the power of repentance and admitting your faults and just really asking God for forgiveness. So I, we get to the end of this story and my brain automatically goes to what happened to Joseph, right? Like he's in this pit. And this is kind of like the second part of this story that I love so much because, um, you know, he gets sold into slavery and that's kind of where we ended off and where we ended this story. And I, again, my brain just goes back to what happened to him because he's a big part of this story. So Joseph actually did get sold um, to slavery, but it's so cool because God was with him the entire time and his master really noticed that God was with him and he made him prosperous. And, um, you know, Joseph continued to serve his master, but the master ultimately made him the overseer of his house. He saw that he was anointed. Um, and so God actually blessed the master's house for Joseph's sake. He was really favored and so much so that even, um, you know, it's again, you guys like the Colleen Hoover books, like there's so much trauma in the Bible, but the master's wife actually tries to sleep with him and Joseph refused, right? Like he was pledging his allegiance to his master. And so the, the wife ended up getting so furious 
and she lied to her husband that Joseph tried to commit adultery with her. And so the master put him in prison. Pauline Hoover books ain't got nothing on the Bible, you guys. I'm just going to say it again. But but even in prison, you know, he was prosperous. And it's really this true testament to however you handle the pit, however you handle the prison, that is going to determine if you make it to the palace. So fast forward, he's in prison. Um, Pharaoh's butler, this is so crazy in Egypt, but Pharaoh's butler and his baker were actually thrown into prison with him. And he correctly interpreted their dreams, basically saying that the butler would be restored, the baker would be hanged, which came true. So fast forward again, Pharaoh needed someone to really interpret his dreams. And lo and behold, right, the butler reminded him of Joseph, who he met in prison. So they came and got him. Joseph said that his dream meant seven years of plenty, seven years of famine, and really gave him this blueprint to not only save Egypt, but to save all these countries. So what happened next? Well, you guessed it. Joseph was now, you know, over Pharaoh's house and he and Pharaoh actually ended up giving him his ring and his finest linens and his he put a gold chain around his neck. He rode in the second chariot and um, Joseph actually became the ruler over all of Egypt. And he kept that rule for 80 years until he passed at the age of 110. And so you guys think about everything that Joseph had to go through, right? Like he ended up forgiving his brothers, of course, but um, you know, he had to be thrown into this pit uh, where he thought he was going to die. He got thrown into this prison where again, couldn't have been the best place to be. Um, and all because God had this huge major plan for him to be a godly ruler over Egypt. And so I want to ask you today, are you a Joseph? Are you in a pit? Are you in a prison? And if you are, you guys know that you're in good company because God gave Joseph position and favor, and he had this godly wisdom and insight and literally saved an entire world from famine, right? Like he was the solution. And so maybe you're the solution too. Maybe you're the solution to something that hasn't even happened yet, something that hasn't even been brought to the light, but you're that person and you're in the pit and you're in the prison because you need to have that knowledge and you need to have that wisdom to to be the solution for somebody or something later in life. Joseph was meant to be in those three places to get to where to get to where he ended up as a ruler of nations. He had to go through those things. You know, don't allow that to harden your heart or keep you to keep you where you are, friend. Like there is so much evidence to say that, you know, Joseph could have been in that pit and he could have not cried out and he could have been in that prison and he could have just accepted his fate and not talked about God and, and all of the things, but, but he didn't, right? Cause he had, God had bigger plans for him. It is time to dream again. It is time to accept the fact that sometimes the pit or the prison is exactly where you need to be to find that person or to find the vision that you need to move forward. So with heads down and eyes closed, we're going to pray. Father God, thank you for this message today with Judah and his brothers. Thank you for reminding us that sometimes you're going to use us in the pit and the prison to get to the place where you have meant for us to be all along. We thank you for the gift of repentance to be able to apologize to you and ask for forgiveness, God. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah. Today, we let the lion roar and we ask the heavens to open up for us. In your name, we always pray. Amen.
Guys, thank you so much for checking in this week and for another episode of On Our Way. I hope that you have an amazing week filled with God's love and faithfulness. And as always, share your testimony with us on social media. If you're loving the podcast, please share it. Um, I love to see those and it helps other believers find us as well. Find us on Instagram. We are at on our way underscore podcast. And now you can find us on Facebook too. Just search for On Our Way Podcast. We will see you next week, friends. Be good to each other and God bless.